Welcome to episode number 125, Discard the Baggage. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. All right, you are now tuned in to the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I'm here with Goose, Heck, Dude. Gabe, and special guest Dante Reeves. Discard the baggage. In this episode, we have special guest, as mentioned, Dante Reeves, owner of AAR, All Around Removal. We cover topics that range from entrepreneurship, small business, the art of flipping homes, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Alex Campbell and Angelina Jolie. Guys, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. Kicking things off with a definition from dictionary.com. We define the word removal. They define it as the act of removing, change of residence, position, etc. All right. Uh, so again, as mentioned, we have Dante Reeves. Thank you for joining us, sir. Um, let's jump right into this bad boy. Explain to everyone who you are and what you do. My name is Dante Reeves. I run all around removal. We're interior demolition and junk removal service based out of Bucks County in Bristol, PA. We've been open for 10 years. Um, we, we service Philadelphia and Bucks County regions. Perfect. All right, cool. So explain to us a little bit of how you got started in this industry and what made you want to start AAR? Well, I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, I kind of started out n- not with the most likely start in this business. Yeah. Started out picking trash yeah. <laughs> 10, 11 years ago. Um, yeah. Always had a dream of being an entrepreneur. I've always run landscaping companies always been pretty self-sufficient at creating resources and revenue um and that it started off with the trash picking and then we started doing clean outs and then i found a need for the interior demolition in the construction industry and uh i kind of tapped into that it turned out to be a more profitable thing for me yeah and i kind of went you know the we started out when we were picking trash scrap and metal and things like that and it the market kind of turned and it wasn't as profitable. Right. So we had to diversify and come up with some other ways to create revenue and the clean outs and the demolition was kind of where we went with it. Nice. So, so explain to us uh, a little bit. I know you started out, um, I know you and some family members. So how did it really start out and how did you even hire your first person or how'd that all work? Uh, well, to be honest, man, I always, I didn't have the greatest background growing up. Yeah. Um, made some bad decisions as a young kid and, Starting with the trash was kind of where it left me at. I was trying to kind of pick up the pieces and start something new for myself, but I was kind of at a place where I lost my father. I was kind of lost. I, I didn't have direction. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I was making a lot of bad decisions. So the first employee came, you know, of course, work we couldn't handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> trying to do everything yourself. <laughs> yeah. And you figure out <laughs> you're going to kill yourself sooner or later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then uh, mm-hmm. hired a couple of people in the neighborhood and, found out that didn't work out and then you start going through all your friends and that doesn't work out and yeah, then you yeah, yeah, yeah. go through some of their friends and that doesn't work out and then you're like all right yeah. if i'm going to start a business i got to do this like a business so right right started right. going to the public trying some craigslist things a multitude of things we've tried a month through the years yeah um it's just been a lot of trial and error man to be honest like mm-hmm. it's yeah, so I know you, you know, you seek out, you know, legal advice to not only have your business legitimate, but um, I guess just guiding you in the right direction. And uh, I know we're kind of talking, you know, before the show got started, a little bit about, you know, taxes and all this good stuff. 
What is the most difficult part about owning your own business? Um, I would I would feel the empl- keeping employees. I would feel that's one of the hardest parts. Um, once you set your standard and you can keep up the quality of your work, I don't feel like getting the work is the hard part. I feel like just getting the people that represent your brand and, and what you're trying to portray to the public and what you're trying to get them to perceive, to instill that in people that are just here to get a paycheck and make money every day, to get them to believe in your mission and purpose and kind of push that and put the professionalism and the customer service and kind of take themselves outside their body and realize that when they put that shirt on, they represent your brand and you, and it's bigger than yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's been some of the best parts. It's been an up and down battle the whole time, but that, I think that's the roughest part is getting the, the qualified workers. So um, I, I know I know you go from, you said you started with you know trash removal and then it kind of just grew into itself and you found the need, you found your niche. And um, I know I see you now, you know, investing and flipping homes and doing all kinds of stuff with your profits. Is that is that the goal for your company now or do you have separate goals with what you do, your personal investments versus all around removal or how how did you work that all in? So my ultimate goal initially was I only I really just wanted to be a real estate investor. Yeah, but I didn't have the revenue. I didn't have had a little bit of capital didn't have the right ways to show how to use the capital. I, I didn't have the corporate structure. Like I said, my parents growing up, not that they didn't want to teach me, didn't have the information yeah. to show me how to run a corporation. Yeah. So a lot of the things were trial and error and figuring them out, and I didn't have all that stuff. So initially when I wanted to flip the houses, I was like, I don't have the money to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went in a guy off TV show, Armando Montelongo. Yeah. I paid him $15,000. Um, wow. They taught me a process back in 2010. Um, if I wasn't a quick learner and I couldn't fill in the gaps on a lot of things, I don't think it would have been a good fit for everyone. Yeah. But it really, that was my driving force to, to really just tackle it head on and get some tips about the, about flipping and things like that. So initially what I went and did was got my real estate license. So I went out, I learned how to assess properties, market trends, market values, how to search comps and areas. And that was really all I used the license for. I use it just for experience and wisdom, people in the field. Uh, relationships yeah and then I kind of put my own twist to it kind of like I've done everything else to be honest Um, yeah it started out slow even even the first flip I did in 2012 it was such a learning curve yeah yeah. it was like I went from (laughs) I, I tried to flip a house while I was running this business I managed it for six months. The business suffered. I didn't make any money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sold the house and made $12,000 and was like, wow, that's it. This isn't how I'm going to take care of my family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I got to redirect it. I got to right. re-strategize. So then, you know, in between finding the deals, because the system I learned, the deals weren't as prevalent. Okay. It was a good thing and a bad thing because then I wasn't risking my money on every opportunity. Right. So with the, the stuff I learned from being an agent, with the information that I had that I learned from the program, I kind of put it all together and created my own program and like twisted it, which I'll talk to you more about that later. That's something yeah. I want to bring to the public in yeah. the near future. Definitely. But, uh, That's dope. We, uh, we talk all the time about going to, um, you know, conferences and, and meeting up with not only just mentors, but people who already been there, done that kind of thing. Um, and investing not only your money, but investing in yourself uh, to gain that knowledge. A lot of this stuff, you know, a lot of times you said a shortcut and cutting out a lot of the learning curves. Imagine all the learning curves you went through from your first flip in 2012. Fast forward six years later, um, you know, I just tapped into a conversation you were having with my brother Miguel here. And you could already tell your, you know, your wheels were running and you're, you know, you can 
assess someone else's situation and their investment strategy and off the bat you're able to tell whether it was a good or bad investment or a good or bad approach um a lot of that stuff you know you're gonna have youngsters or just other people who look up to you that are gonna want to tap into your knowledge um you know your shortcuts um and and not to say that you know you know to be successful we have to take all these shortcuts but a lot of this is wasted time that you're better off coughing up that 15 grand, especially from our backgrounds, right? We didn't have dads who were moguls or anything. Um, so we, we talk about and preach that all the time. So it's, it's so dope to hear um, that you not only invested in yourself, but uh, your future too. So uh, just kind of switching things up a little bit. Um, what's your favorite part about being an entrepreneur? I like the freedom and being able to dictate the way my time is delegated every day. Yeah. I like being obligated to customers, but I like also at the same time, once I get my crews out and working, to have that ability if there's things that I need to address that if I worked for someone else, I wouldn't have the time to go address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or things I need to pay attention to my wife a little more during the week, I can take sure. her out to lunch. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just to have that freedom to control my time, I realized that at a young age, that was one of my biggest driving forces and motivating factors. Yeah. Besides the financial independence and the freedom. The, the, the self-freedom was more it for me. Yeah, yeah. He was just, uh, Dante was telling us, and obviously, you know, we're friends and we follow each other on social media, but um, he was mentioning that him and his wife were just having a conversation uh, at home and she wanted to do something. I don't know, you could probably tell, obviously tell the story better, but it was a story of this is freedom. You want to explain a little bit the story? Yeah, I was just talking like we were sitting there. Normally, you know, people go out on dates Normal things that we do every day to me is not a date. We go out right. to dinner. We right. needed to eat dinner. That wasn't yeah, a date yeah. to me. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so yeah. we were sitting there on Thursday night, and she's like, well, I just want to do something different. And I was like, we travel a lot. It's a big thing. We, we, my family loves doing that. I'm like, man, I've been waiting to put my feet in the sand. Yeah. <laughs> she, was like, she was like, well, you're going to Jamaica in, in February. And I'm like, no, nah, I mean, like, right now. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, well, Miami's pretty hot, and it's close. And she's like, well, when do you want to go? I was like, let's go tomorrow. Looks on the internet, pulls it up, and you know we booked it. Left the next morning, and That's awesome. just oh, a couple man. day getaway. Yeah, those little things like that to be able to do that, and then still know my guys are home, generating revenue that my family's not going to suffer. Yeah. yeah, that's the part I love about it. You know yeah, what I mean, yeah, and awesome. Yeah, that freedom. That's just the the story he was telling us. Um, even while he was away, there's some like goofy things that happen. Uh, you know, with the business, but. He has such a good crew that everything's like, you know, that well-lubed, uh, you know, machine. Everything just kept running, kept running. Um, and not only that, the trust that they have in you, um, you know, w with the situation that you described, it's amazing. And that's something, obviously, that didn't just come out of nowhere. That's something that you've instilled in them. Is there something that you talk to them and motivate them about that you develop that certain crew? Because having a skill level is one thing. Then you get people who are just very demanding because they're like, well, I'm, you just hired me for skill. But what you cultivated here is more of like a family. Oh, so yeah, how did yeah. you do I, that? I try to lead by action. You know what I mean? I treat my men like men every day, but I hold them accountable every day. I tell them, you know, the only reason I'm hard at them, on them is because I want to make them a better man than they already are. And if I don't in motivate and inspire them, I, they're, they're people I don't want around me. Yeah. You know, because I really feel like the things I'm doing, even though they're ordinary things, I try to do them in an extraordinary way and make my value exceed the cost in everything I do. So is there is there um, like talks that you have with them? Like you, you pull them aside and have a conversation when something didn't quite go as planned, so to speak? I do it weekly. 
Yeah. So there's days I pay my guys on Wednesday for my demolition guys, and Saturday's payday for my construction guys. But on Wednesday, when I'm paying my guys, I'll put them in a group circle like we're all here. Yeah. And I address all the problems. I yeah. let them know, here's your paycheck. If there's any questions or concerns that you need to talk to me about, we're all men. Let's address them now. If yeah. you can't talk about it openly in front of a man that you have a problem with, yeah. then address it with me later. But I like to do it in that form and fashion. Because what it does, it's non-confrontational. Yeah. And at the same time, it lets them be a man. Yeah. It lets them speak their mind and speak their peace and have that independence and let yeah. them see. Not only do we value what we do every day, we value how you feel. Yeah. Because if you know if, if you like what you do and you appreciate the people that you're around and you know that they appreciate you, you're going to do a better job at what you do. Yeah. You know. And for me, everything is all about customer service. So I just try to instill that in my guys. And, and it goes, and I'm a, I'm a hard guy, yeah. you know what I mean, to get along with. But sure. it's usually when things aren't going as planned or we can't communicate it and work it out the right way. But for the most part, we're all men. There's always hiccups along the road, but we always work them out. Right. Um, yeah, it's perfectly said. What What is one thing, uh, you know, flipping was always something that, you know, was – you know, on the back of my mind, you know, we watch all these shows and it, they make it look one way. And, and we've had we've had investors and, and real estate guys on the show before. And I always find it fascinating and funny uh, to hear their opinion about flipping. <laughs> oh, yeah. So so what's one thing that you personally want to share, you know, that, that, that might be, you know, a misconception about flipping? Flipping, and when I say flipping, guys, I mean uh, like flipping real estate property. Not backflips. Not backflips. None of us here can do a backflip. I was going to say, I'm definitely not doing (laughs) backflips or front flips. Well, Hack was a trailer. He should know the backflips. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah, (laughs) don't lie, he was (laughs) (laughs) validation. Come on, Dante. I I can picture him with the windbreaker on. But the flips, man, it's, it's it's an up and down journey just like everything else, man. There's definitely a lot more hiccups than there are upside to it. Um, sure. It's just like everything else. You just got to be willing to see see the whole process through. I mean, two weeks ago, prime example, I, I just flipped a house. I'm flipping four right now. But I just, I've just i been done one for about three months that should have already been sold. Paid a contractor's money to do the job. It's m- totally my fault because I didn't manage it as I should have because yeah. I've been so busy yeah. with the demolition stuff. So I kind of put that in a contractor's hands. And there was a lot. The heater was messed up. There was a problem with the stove. I went in there last week to go assess a situation we were having with the stove because his guy went in there and told me that the stove's hooked up, the light's plugged in, and there's no gas line run to the stove. Oh, so, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, wow. So, nice. not, so not only do I call the contractor, have him come out and fix the stove, the, the, the gas line, which was supposed to be done. He calls me about a week later. Dante, everything's good. So I go in the house. and say, I'm going to go check it out. I got a showing today. I want to make sure it's running. The right. heater wasn't working properly. Had the heater guy with me. Wanted to just get everything on. <laughs> I go in the bed. I'm like, all right, the light's on the stove. Turn the gas on. Nothing comes out. So let me go in the basement, turn the gas line on, go upstairs, turn it. Nothing happens. Turn the next gas line. You hear it clicking. Yeah. Next thing you know, boom. Oh, my God. Flies out the stove. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Burns my hair on my chin. (laughs) (laughs) On my eyebrows. It's not funny, but. Wow. This is one of those days I wanted to take a live video, but I was a little embarrassed (laughs) because it was a representation of my quality. (laughs) 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 So at the same time, it was like. A double-edged sword. I was like, do I want to tell them who I instilled trust in and what they did, what they let me down on? Right, or do right, I just want to show them the final picture of it fixed? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Dude, that and even in the same house. I mean, the contractor that did that job, the heater got hooked up. Guy turns the heater on, goes to check the chimney flue, looks up. He goes, 
where's the chimney? <laughs> Contractor took the chimney out to make the rooms bigger. Oh, my. The chimney flue where it's supposed to vent outside wasn't properly installed. So if we would have ran the heater, the carbon monoxide would have went in the house. Oh, oh my could gosh. Have actually been a bad situation. Wow. But it's, these are good things about having experience. And when I am involved in the projects like I am usually 100, yeah. you know, most of the time, I kind of took control back 100%. Since that happened bad in March, the three I'm working on now, I took control back of them and just wrapped up two houses in 10 weeks. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah, it's like yeah, it's a yeah. lot different when I'm involved. Yeah. But at a point you get in business, you know you have to trust people, and it's just to me it's like a learning curve. It shows that that guy wasn't the guy I should have instilled trust in. I yeah. can't say as a whole all contractors are bad, but it was a bad scenario, and it's something good to laugh at because no one got hurt. Right, right, yeah, right. yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> your chin hairs. But um, <laughs> so 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 explain to me, is that somebody we, we talk about reputation all the time? Um, is that somebody you know? you would give a second chance to do you think it was just his because it all sounded like it was heating issues and heater issues do you think he just had the wrong guy on his squad or do you think that's just overall bad management on his construction company 100 percent is just mismanagement i yeah. feel i don't feel it represents his character and integrity as a person yeah but i do feel like it represents his quality as a service provider yeah you know, I hired him to do a job. Yeah. I paid him his money in full for the job that he was supposed to do. Yeah. The situation wasn't done the way I would have handled it. Yeah. Therefore, you know, at the end of the day, I'm the owner. I had to come in and rectify it. Um, I, I would consider working with him. Um, the extent would be I, I'd, I'd have to think about it a little more. But yeah. <laughs> he's not some, I still talk to him on a daily basis. It's not something I take personal because this business, there's a lot of hiccups. Yeah. Um, but it is something that, you know, made my antennas raise a little bit and made me pay a little more attention to myself yeah and just not get caught up in the daily hustle of everything going on and pay more attention to each step of the process because yeah. ultimately that's my fault right it's it's uh it's it's awesome to hear uh you know you say that and even though you know 100 percent, it's not you know your responsibility uh for that stuff that happened but the management of you know that specific project a lot of times people are like this dude screwed me over x y and z he's you know bad mouthing people but it's interesting to see obviously number one the experience but the maturity um you know of a business owner and a, an experienced flipper like yourself to take that hit but it's a great it's like you said it's a great learning experience and the way that you're able to extract that from what could have been potential disastrous imagine you flip something like that and you know that's that's you know be careful with you know specific things so definitely um nice to see that it was more of like a learning experience than anything um and then like you said you have four flips how in the world are you managing um, do, do you have someone doing your own paperwork or do you, you know, do you do it yourself or how, how are you managing all this? I know your phone got to be blowing up. Yeah, I deal with probably 100, 150 phone calls a day. Yeah. But I have a great team um, for my demolition crew. I run like a 12 to 16 man crew every day. My construction crew is only six to seven guys. OK, so I have a foreman on each side. Nice. Um, the construction crew foreman. Um, I deal with all the purchases every morning. I pretty much let him manage a lot of the project the project and the process. Yeah. I'm just there to accent and add value wherever I can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of course I pay for everything that's going on, but sure. These are skilled tradesmen, you know what I mean? I yeah. work for my company. That, yeah. They're not just guys I picked up off the side of the street. Sure. You know what I mean? They've actually been subbing work from me for years. Okay. So about four, I just started that side of the company four months ago with the construction. Okay. So they were a little slow and I've just brought them on and said, look, just let me bring all your guys on and hire them. I keep you busy every day. Yeah. I got flips going, multiple flips going on. And they already knew from 
what I've been doing that I could provide them with work. They just didn't know the extent of it. Right. And it's, it's been a good thing for everybody, to be honest. I mean, there's hiccups like everything. Sure. But they're all men. Yeah. I mean, even like I told you, I went away this weekend and they didn't get paid on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They still wanted to work Sunday. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to get people that are like-minded. like, And they're all older than me. Yeah. But I'm just a leader where I treat men like men. I'm not here just somebody trying to throw around their rank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or throw around, oh, this is what I do, and this is who I am, and this is my... It's never been who I am. You know what I mean? I, I try to lead by example every day, which means you got to be in the trenches, and you got to be out there. And I don't ask anyone to do anything I wouldn't do. Right. And I think that's why I get the respect from the guys that work for me and that work with me and work around me and everybody I come in contact with because I can sympathize with everyone's situation sure and i always try to put myself in their shoes before i just jump to a, a conclusion about something and get upset or irate and there's a lot of times i get irate yeah but it's well thought out before most sure of the time. yeah <laughs> it's interesting it's interesting that you say you um you know with all the purchasing um and obviously you have your hands well into that obviously because that's the, the financial component there i had a friend who um owned his own you know plumbing uh business and he, I mean, doing fantastic. It wasn't, for all you guys, you know, we had Gilbert Rodriguez. It was not him. It was uh, an, another guy. He's doing fantastic in sales, and then they just kept going back on their books. They're like, we're not as profitable as we thought we were, as we thought we were. So then they go back to uh, supplies. So then when they went back to supplies, this one dude was buying all this extra supplies that they didn't need and selling it or using it on side jobs for himself. Um, that was just basically taking money from his company, his plumbing company. Um, so to have your hands in that is obviously important, but it's wild. You don't think, because, you know, me personally, I would never think like that. That's your character and integrity. Right. You know what I mean? But right. at the end of the day, like, I manage stuff so tight. Like, each one of my guys have fuel cards that are drivers. So I know which, but I have everything tapped right to my phone to email right, any right. transaction I get it yeah. same thing with my other guys I track every house the same way so whatever house we're buying supplies for that day we map it out and whatever expense book it goes in we separate the receipts daily because if you don't with everything going on it's easy yeah. to get everything jumbled up and get confused it yeah. really is um, yeah. and there are days where I'm sitting there till 12 1 o'clock at night deciphering through paperwork I mean even I can go in my pocket right now and pull out receipts people just don't walk around with stuff like this but right. I live this you know yeah, what I mean yeah. like this was at the end of the day couple guys I wasn't here this week and he's like this is stuff I paid out of my pocket I need my money back yeah yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know it's just like there's things that there are oversights yeah. In any business. But sure. for the most part, we try to keep tight reins on it and track it every day. Perfect. Um, all right. So what is your biggest pet peeve with the, the, the business of, you know, removal and flipping? Now, my biggest pet peeve, to be honest, man, is, is customers that call you on the phone. And before you even get a chance to try to give them a fair shot, to give them a free estimate. Yeah. And inform them about your service, your value, the way you do things they want to describe the job they want to oh, tell geez. you <laughs> what it is it's not a big job it's the they, they want to tell you your job and they called you for help right that's right, gotta right. be one of oh, my man. biggest pet peeves <laughs> it, i'm so good at feeling people out like yeah, I, yeah. I could have someone in a car with me and we'd be on bluetooth and i answer the phone call and i'll be telling them what's going i'm like I could just direct what's going on before it even happens right, right, just right. from dealing with so many people every day. And there are times I'm wrong, but yeah. for the most part, you start to feel it out. You know what I mean? You can feel yeah. the customers out and 
the people called you for a reason, but a lot of times sure. when they try to tell you your job and oh, it's not a big job, it's very small, and and there's people that call you, they'll call. There are people that call me seven o'clock at night. I want to get a pickup today. And I'm like, what? don't you think you should have called me yesterday or earlier today? <laughs> like 12 hours ago? Oh and they're like, goodness. oh, so you can't help me out? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> like, wow. But it, you just got to keep a smile. You know, you got to realize you're in a customer service business and you never know who that is on the other end of the phone. Sure. Yeah. So you got to always keep that in perspective. Uh, it can be challenging at times because, you know, your patience gets tested a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so we just talked about uh, your biggest pet peeve. What is maybe one of your most memorable moments, one of your favorite flips? Was there like a house that you took? Um, now I know you, you purchased a house for your mom. Yeah, to be honest, that that has been my biggest to date. It's the smallest house I've ever bought. Yeah. The least amount of money. Yeah. Um, But it's been one of the biggest accomplishments in my life. Yeah. It kind of gets me a little emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little $50,000 house like that just, yeah. it does it. But, you know, growing up the way we grew up and not having the resources and, and Always, you know, we've all, I've, for me anyway, I've always felt like the underdog. Yeah. I've always felt like back against the wall. Yeah. If I don't perform, I don't eat. Yeah. And that's been a lot of my driving force every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm self-motivated. I'm self-driven. I don't need to be told to wake up. I don't need an alarm clock. Mm-hmm. Four o'clock, my brain starts working. Nice. It's just the way I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But that house that I bought for my mom and that little acre of land in South Carolina is definitely to date the most accomplishable thing I feel like I've done. It's dope. Super yeah. dope. I remember posting that. I'm like, there it is. There it is. It's one of those moments. Like, I just got the chills. It's one of those moments where you're like, you know, you know, you, you put your, your nose to the grindstone, they always say, and you're just busting your tail off, busting your tail off. And at one point, you're like, I know I'm doing this for my family, but you get, it gets so crazy. I'm like, dude, I really am working my butt off. And then you have a moment like that where every, there's so much clarity and everything makes sense. You're like, this is, you know what I mean? This is one of the things, and yeah. it's just so rewarding. Um, you know, one of the things that I always say when I leave this earth, I want to make sure I'm satisfied, I'm fulfilled. I felt like I rose up to the occasion and and served my whatever my calling uh, will be, and that's just one of those things you will never, ne- and like you said, it's not it wasn't like one of the craziest purchases, but it was the biggest in your heart. Yeah, yeah, it still means the most to me. I mean, it, yeah, you could probably hear it in my voice a little bit. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean, I as I get older, I get a little emotional sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, good that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm good with that. You know what I mean? I'm good with that. You know what I mean? Because I'm in tune with my feelings a little bit. But yeah. um, it's yeah, that's that was a good one, man. That was a good one. That was um, yeah, that, that was perfect. I, I just love the and and the, the other thing is it's such a personal thing, and I just love the fact that you shared it because yeah. you don't even know who was who was looking. You, you probably didn't even know I saw that, but it's like one of those things where it's like, dang, it, that like triggers something, you know, in my mind or something I could share with somebody who's, that's one of their goals to do. And it's just crazy. Me and you were just talking about social media and sharing things. Um, and we know, you know, not every, that's not everyone's thing, but it's like moments like that that do get shared and that could change someone's whole life. Mm-hmm. Like literally, someone could just be, you know, going through some things. Yeah. Um, and we watch motivational things all the time. You see that one, it's just that one video or that one clip, and that's it. That person's whole life is changed. Um, so, you know, social media is is a factor in there. Is I know, like we had talked previously, it's not something that you're huge per se, per se in. Is there something that you, utilize, you do utilize for your businesses? No, I do, I do have a Facebook page and a personal page, um, but I, I don't utilize it the right way. I'm so sure. caught up in the hustle every day and making things happen and 
seeing things through and there's so many things that just pop up throughout the daily day with all the businesses that i have going on yeah it's, it's just like it's it's hard to really pay attention to something like that where i'm not a tech savvy guy yeah all i need a phone for is text and talk yeah yeah like i don't have messenger right. i don't like i don't i, I just <laughs> it's to me it just there's a lot of distractions with that stuff and i just like to stay focused on i always call it getting buckets yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I, I wasn't the best three point shooter like you. You know what I mean? I wasn't but I could shoot layups all day. Sure. I could shoot four point six six foot shots. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like I'll back you down in the paint. <laughs> right. I got a little left hand. Right. Like, and, that's, <laughs> and that's just my mind state every yeah. day. Like I think a lot of people suffer out here because they're always on the defense. Yeah. Me, I'm not worried about what you do to me. I'm yeah. on the offense. I want to score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you do something, God got me protected and covered. Yeah. So whatever you feel like you're getting over on me for, I let you feel like that. Yeah. But in the end, it always reveals itself because it shows my intention and my character, my integrity, when I don't let you take me off my square and I don't react that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I try to keep those big things in perspective and realize that, you know, the things that happen in life – you got to grow through as you go through. Yeah, yeah, You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And that's just the, the level that I'm at right now. I'm just trying to mature and grow and, and, and get quality people around me. And if they're not quality people, I'm happy to let them feel like they got over on me. And sure. I can disregard them for the rest of my life and get them out of the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so in saying that, um, and I know you had mentioned, you know, the relationship that you have with your wife um, and how busy and how hard you work. How do how do you manage, you know, like the work-life balance? Um, I'll be honest, man. She's been a, one of the best blessings beside my kids. You know, what I mean, she's she just understands me better than anybody I've ever met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she knows my ambition. She knows my drive. She understands my intention now because it's clear. Yeah, it wasn't always clear. Right, right, uh, right. right. <laughs> so now that that's clear and she knows that I don't have an I ulterior that's, motive. <laughs> that's that's guys. That's like us getting in our own way. You know what I mean? That's just us getting in our own way. And and I, I said this to a, a buddy of mine who he, he was having a little bit of uh, trouble in his marriage. And, you know, he, he came to me, asked me for some advice. And I was just telling him, like, listen, if you if you're if you say you're going to do something, the biggest thing is to follow up with what you say you're going to do. And if you can't, for whatever reason, can't do it, you have to man up and say the reasons why you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they don't want some dude BSing to them day in and day out and not following through what they say. They need a man. They, they need someone to stand up for them and your whole family. You're the representation of that whole family. And here you are coming up with excuses for everything that you do, right? Um, so I just it was just a very simple thing. I don't even know if it was what he needed, but our conversation for some reason like I felt like that's what he needed because um, you know sometimes we say a lot of stuff and I don't know if it's like being macho or just being a man and you just want to oh yeah, yeah I, I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that and everything's gonna change this year and all this other stuff but your actions aren't you know following suit with what you're saying um, and I think that's how we get the most respect out of him. Oh, of course. I think pride and ego for men is the number one killer. Yeah. Um, and not being able to sympathize with a woman's emotions. You know, women work on love. Men work on respect. And yeah. if those two things aren't in order, no grounds for any communication to work. Definitely. Um, and I learned that in a, in a church service probably about six, seven years ago. You know, because there was times where we didn't communicate the greatest. Sure. And I went to one of these clubs called a love and respect class. And that's the what they broke down that women are just pink men are blue yeah they work on love you work on respect and if those things aren't in coordinates together the communication breaks down and and i took those little principles like i've done everything else in my life i just put my in my in my life i just put my own twist to it and i just 
you have to be open with your partner. You know, yeah. I tell her everything because for me, at the end of the day, I feel like she's she's not only my best friend, but she's the only one that got my back. Yeah, she been with me. I told you when you came in here. I said it's so crazy how we went to where we are now, but. 11 years ago we moved into a two bedroom apartment with no money no furniture and an air mattress yeah so yeah. if you tell me that guy can't work yeah i'm not going to really believe that because if he can work in my life and i don't got the skill and talent right how can you not do it for all these guys that got way more skill and talent than me right <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly that that's what's what's crazy is um we, we say this all the time too is like when you find your quote ride or die you almost it, it, in a way you don't but you kind of want them to see you struggle because when you come when you overcome all that there is so much crazy respect me and my wife personally gone through that too where she see me struggle fall down literally fall flat on my face but i kind of like the fact that she saw it because i came back up swinging again right so it's not going to be this perfect little fight where you know your your significant other your spouse sees you always winning right or comes in after you already made it Right, it's when they see that struggle. You know what I'm saying? When they see that you struggle, and then they see that you guys made it together. That's there is nothing that's gonna top that. I'm sorry. No, hundred percent. It was crazy because before I came here, me and her were actually talking about that, and she was saying that to me. She's like, uh, I was having a talk with one of my buddies today that does business, and I was like, I'm I inspire and motivate them, give them tips about business, and she's like, one of the biggest problems with me, I'm so caught in the hustle and accomplishing tasks. She's like, you don't, you don't celebrate the small victories. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I was like, I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm like, what do you mean by that? She's like, I'm like, we do a lot of things. We celebrate a lot. Yeah. And she's yeah, like, yeah. no. <laughs> she's like, I mean, like, just give yourself a chance to live in the moment. Yeah. And be like, man, I just accomplished that. She's like, your vision is so far ahead that when you had tackled that obstacle, you got 10 other things that you're already on. You forgot about the little victory. And I'm like, that's crazy. I, I kind of do lose sight on that every day. But it's, I think it's because my mind is so driven yeah. from the adversity. And I feel like I'm so far behind the curve. Yeah, 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 Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like my results don't add up to my abilities. Right, right, You know right. what I mean? And yeah. even though I'm abundant, I'm resourceful, we're, we're doing great things, we're helping the community. Yeah. Inside of me, that's part of my drive. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. That's what keeps me hungry every day. Like right. to keep that mind state and just not pay attention to those little things that people get caught up on. Because sometimes they live in those little victories, and then they miss something big that they were supposed to pay attention to. Right, right. You know right. what I mean? And I'm always trying to be receptive. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you never know which which shape or form the Lord sends you messages. You know what I mean? So yeah. you always got to be perceptive and coherent. You know what I mean? So there's Recep little... Receptive, I mean. Yeah, Sorry. and those little things could turn into big distractions. Of course. Um, yeah, that's that's crazy. So I know, I, I did notice, um, I don't know where it was, or <laughs> I follow so many, you know, motivational speakers and all this uh, jazz that in in social media it's it's kind of creepy it's almost like uh google it, it knows what you're going to search before you even search it it's like reading your mind <laughs> i'm like scrolling through and i see all this motivational stuff i'm like what is going on like how do you know exactly what and this was years ago but then finally i just i caught on to you know there's a whole method to their madness uh, but i did know that um you know, you had spoken before and in investing 15 grand in yourself uh, for education on, you know, on a field that you wanted to be more knowledgeable about and get experience on. I don't know if this is still true, but I don't even know if it was you, but we can still talk about it anyway. Um, how I think you're, you're, you said something about Jamaica, but I think it's uh, Eric Thomas, the hip hop uh, preacher is, is doing, you know, this 
huge thing. I don't know if that was that something that Eric you were. Eric Thomas, yeah, he's a motivational speaker. I'll yeah, be going to, I'm going to see him in February. In That's what it was. Okay, I thought as soon as you said Jamaica, I'm like it started flying in my head this whole time. Like, why is that like something in my mind right now that I feel like I saw? Um, so that that's 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 fantastic. Obviously, ET's a you know a motivational speaker. He does all kinds of stuff. He does cruises. Uh, and is that what you're going specifically? What yeah, I'm going, going there just for the event. It's a yeah. five day event from February 20th to the 25th. So get to kind of mix both things. You know, what yeah. I mean? Have a little fun in the sand and yeah, get some learning. But that's for awesome. me, motivational speaking is, is a big thing for me. I mean, that's all I listen to. Yeah. I li- I read the Bible. I listen to the Bible. I'm not a big reader. Yeah. Um, but I listen to motivational stuff all day. Yeah. That's that's my foundation on everything I do. I ride in the car. I don't, I don't know what the radio stations are. I don't know rappers. I don't know. I can listen to a song and know two or three words, but I can recite some motivational yeah, verses yeah, right. because that's the stuff that <laughs> intrigues my soul. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like when we understand our abilities and we tap into our own greatness, it's, it's unlimited the people you can help. You yeah, know what I mean? And then when yeah. you start building those allies and resources around you, it's like a shield. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Where it's like you're not even defending yourself no more. It's like you just got cultures and people that are just standing up for you because of what you represent. And yeah. it's like that's the legacy I want to leave behind. You know, I want people to understand my true heart and yeah. what I wanted to help and the things I wanted to do out here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- these guys know that I'm the same way. I do read, uh, but one anytime I'm in the car or the truck, whatever it is, there's C- I mean, I have CDs that I put in that are just motivational speaking just because it's a guy who did a speech back in the 70s and you can't get it you know what i mean i don't care it's like whatever it takes you know success principles are the same across any industry any field you could at the application of them um it don't matter some dude went these dudes in the bible right went are going through or went through stuff that i'm like reading this i'm like how in the world it is crazy it's like i'm going through the same thing now obviously in different world yeah but uh, it's crazy how you correlate that yes thousands of years to today yes that's the part that i find strange, yeah you know what i mean yeah because like, yeah. at the end of the day dude we're all the same yep people are all the same you yep. know what i mean we just all have different things that inspire and intrigue our minds i think yeah you know? so so you talked a little bit about you know motivation and you know you like you know to encourage and teach um, I know there was something in there um, about investing or teaching. I don't know if you want to talk about that. You said, I'll talk about it later. Uh, something that you're looking forward to doing in the future. Um, yeah, that's the stuff with the real estate. Like, I'm actually going to teach people yeah. how to flip and how to invest in real estate. Um, because even my mentors that taught me, guys went out and made 5 and $10 million in three years, five years doing real estate. Right. And it's not all about the money. Sure. But there's so much more money in the education of everything right. than there is in actually doing everything. Right. And these are just things I've learned in, of being in the field and going through the processes of so many different businesses and failing and succeeding and getting knocked down and trying to get back up and paying for help and losing money and then like, Sometimes spinning wheels and being like, man, I've been working my butt off for 18 months and I'm still in the same spot. Right, right, right. Yeah. And that's when you got to look up to God and be like, I tried everything I did. Can you help? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I need you to step in here. Yeah. That, the, the, just the, just the comprehension of surrendering, knowing that you need to surrender is a whole other, is a whole other topic. But it's true. I mean, you watch these shows like Flip This House or whatever it is. Two months later, this is coming to philadelphia and meet this person you know the host of this i was like flipper flop or whatever yeah yeah but if you look at those guys i mean same example the, the guy that taught me how to not taught me but the the program that i signed up to understand how to flip the house is a great program sure 
But the guy made $10 million in five years. Right. Flipping houses. Right. His first year, teaching people how he made $10 million, he made $75 million. Second year, he made 125. Third year, he made 250. And I think he's been averaging 300 million a year since then. Wow. So I'm not saying that I'm here just for the money. Sure. But a lot of things we do, the resources are part of it. And that's how you can implement your main purpose in other communities and programs. And the, 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 the funding is a big part of it to make these things possible. And there's a lot of things I want to do in the community with the non for profit I got and instilling the youth and battered women and just making a change and an impact in a place where we grew up at you yeah know what i mean that's that's my intention so you, you spoke a little about um your, your non-profit and giving back you want to talk about that a little bit or uh it's just a non-profit it's called the pack stands for perseverance against all circumstances um i have a partner in it antoine lovelace he owns lace unisex hair salon okay uh, we came together last july um, we've known each other for years but we've always had a lot of things in common. We always talk when he cut my hair and it just turned in, you know, he put myself and him and three other gentlemen in, in a meeting. Um, there initially was five members of the pack. There's now only two, which is me and him. Um, but our our intentions are the same, yeah. you know, to give back. We grew up in un, impoverished situations yeah. and not 100% poor. I mean, in, in my situation, I didn't have to worry about food. Sure. I didn't have to worry about if my lights were going to be on. Sure. But, you know, there was a lot of other things that were bigger than that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like the foundation was there, um, had both parents in the household, which is a big bonus and an added value. Yeah. Um, but it, it leads back to a lot of things that we didn't have the mentors to look up to. You know, when I lost my father, that was one of the biggest hurdles in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I went on like a six-year hiatus where if I would have had a mentor – that I looked up to yeah. for those six years, I would have went to someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead, yeah. I went to those guys in the streets. Right, right. Because that's all I knew. Yeah, yeah, And it's not the right thing to do, but I'm just speaking real with you and yeah. just being honest. You know what I mean? So yeah. the things I want to do is help these younger kids, just give them resources yeah. and let them know that you're not in this alone. You know, we've been through the same thing you're going through. We want to help you get to this end result faster. Yeah. You just got to make a decision. And sometimes you got to stand on your own and, and stand outside of your crew yeah. to get that different result. Yeah. Because a lot of times those guys, that the populace went and did the wrong thing. Those guys were all followers. That one guy that stood up was that leader. That's who I need to impact. So that way he can go back and spread the word to his other followers so that way it can start passing on down to generations, you know what I mean? Because I feel like that's the disconnect. I mean, yeah. if you had someone that you can relate to, yeah, a teacher can tell them kids the same thing I'm going to tell them, but they're not receptive to it because mm -hmm. they can't relate to that person. Right. It could be the same message. Right. It could be the same way. It could be as heartfelt as I'm saying it, and they could be as passionate as I feel about it. Yeah. But they may not be receptive because they can't relate. Yeah. But when they see me and say, oh, that, that guy's cool, he got the nice earrings. Oh, I see him making money. Yeah. I see him he had girls. He got a nice car. He yeah. got this. <laughs> yeah. he, he makes money. Yeah. They look up to that. Yeah. So now once you lay that platform, now you have the door open to give them the wisdom. Right. You know what I mean? Because I want these kids to learn off other people's mistakes and be wise instead of being smart and learning off their own. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, um, I, I, I like, uh, I'm a historian. I love watching, um, J just out of, I just, it's out of fascination because how they came up. Disregard all the violence and all this other stuff, but I think for me it's more of the hustle. But I love watching old mobster movies. And, you know, a lot of these movies they show is what it is. It's kind of like what you're saying. 
these kids are running around in the streets. They don't know any better. But then they seen this dude in that suit and this crazy big Cadillac. And they're like, I don't know what any of that means, but I want to be that because he's the light. Basically, I, I want to get out of what I'm at. And, and that's more relatable. And that's the reason why they go into that world. They go into that stuff because that's relatable. Meanwhile, the teacher has been telling them, here's a you know a path to success and they're not listening to that because like you don't understand you don't this is where i come from and this dude made it that's why i'm gonna basically listen to yeah. and respect mm -hmm. so what you're saying even right here is like the kids around here around this community giving back to this community they see you grew up in this community now you're here having two multiple uh, businesses successful businesses and you're giving back you're the light you're setting the example um th there's a whole thing with just coming back to where you came from for just that relatability aspect of it regardless if you make money off of it or not there's something about what we were talking about earlier you know the fulfillment of when you leave this earth are you gonna think back and say damn i didn't give back to even where i came from i know the pain you know the pain you know what you went through as a kid and you're not gonna give back after you made it um i don't know i think it's just a challenge for everybody regardless of you know where you came from um where you are currently uh i just think you know w when we have kids that's our main job um but to influence outside of you know your inner circle your your inner tribe that got to be one of the most badass things uh, i think anybody can do uh so i commend you for that i respect you for that um that's super dope um so switching gears for the last question uh of the podcast unless you wanted to add something of course um, what's your recommendation to anyone trying to achieve their dream or start a business? Um, yeah, that's simple. What's your recommendation to anyone trying to achieve their dream or start a business? And I put everything in one word. For me, everything is application. Everything yeah. is application. Yeah. So I don't. I don't care what it is. I don't care what you want to do. I don't care how many times you failed. How many people you've seen fail. I don't care if you don't understand how you're going to get to the end result application you just got to get your feet moving the lord will work your steps out and get you to the to the final destination or wherever he wants to put you at um a plan is always better sure but when you don't have a plan my number one thing i tell people the, the biggest success killer is lack of application man people don't apply enough energy and um the same guys that'll go stand in line to buy 300 dollar jordans yeah won't wake up and chase their dream every day yeah you know what <laughs> i mean and for yeah. me I don't really relate to that. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, I, I kind of look down on that because it's like from being where we're from and having the limited resources to not change your circumstances when it's in your control. Right. Right. You know, it's like, it's, it's a major disjustice in our society. You know what I mean? Especially in our culture and yeah. what these kids are picking up with this music and the role models they got. It's like, man, this, this stuff is really knocked off and it, it's not right. Right. You know what I mean? And I just want to, I want to be a voice for the kid. You know, I was that kid. I wasn't the most popular. I wasn't the best looking kid. I didn't have the best grades. I wasn't the smartest. I didn't have all the girls. I had a few of them. Sure. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but I'm just saying to be honest, it's yeah. like when you when when a person can hear you say that about yourself and they look at you at a certain level, to me it takes away that street mentality where in the street most of the times it's like they want to go be that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I never was that. Right. If I liked someone and wanted to emulate the things they did because I respected it and I thought it was admirable, yeah. I would want to be like that guy. Right, right, right. I wouldn't want to be him. Right. Because there's enough room for all of us 
to be that guy. Mm-hmm. But when you want to be like him, you now you have him as a as an ally and a resource. You're not his competition. Right. I mean, I can't tell you how many guys that are in my trade in my industry and do the same work I do. And there's guys I give work that do the same work I do. Yeah. There's guys that I talk to and are my allies and resource and friend because we're like-minded. We have a common goal. Yeah. Which is provide a ser- provide a quality service and make money for our family. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it's just all about the intention. If the character integrity is right, I deal with those type of people. If not, I want to instill the right things in them and give them the wisdom and information from what I know. Not saying I know everything, sure. But from my experiences, I want to just try to help them further their growth a lot faster. It's perfect. All right, cool. So there you have it. Um, was there anything else you wanted to personally add, or where, where can people find you? Your website? Oh, you can find me. I'm an easy guy to get to. Dante Reeves um, on Facebook. I don't have an Instagram. Um, my phone number has been the same for 20 years. <laughs> it's not changing. Um, but I just want to say, man, I really respect what you guys are doing. I think it's a good movement. Uh, I respect all you guys. Um, got a lot of love for you, and I look forward to seeing what the future brings for you guys, man. Appreciate it. Thank Yo, you for thank joining you. us. All right, so there you have it, folks. We're going to end this episode with quotes, and the first one is by Angelina Jolie. She says, It's hard to be clear about who you are when you're carrying around a bunch of baggage from the past. I've learned to let go and move more quickly into the next place. And the second one is by Alex Campbell. I apologize a little long, but it says, uh, We must carefully examine change so that we are able to discard those aspects of change which are detrimental to our way of life and at the same time take advantage of those aspects of change which will enhance and improve our quality of life perfect all right so there you have it guys discard the baggage in this episode we had special guest dante reeves owner of all around removal we covered topics that range from entrepreneurship small business the art of flipping homes and much more we wrapped the episode up with quotes from alex campbell and angelina jolie Thanks again for joining us. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, jimmyleevelez.com. Follow the blog. If you have any inquiries or questions you would like for us to answer on a future episode, uh, just email us at info at jimmyleevelez.com. And on behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. And until next time, adios. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Thank you for the love and support. We truly do hope you enjoyed the views.